0: What's up, my fellow history nerds, and welcome back to Adult History. As always, I'm super excited to share my love of history in a new and entertaining way. This podcast is going to cover a few of the things you've learned in history class, but a lot of the things you didn't. I'm Christiane, and this is Adult History. This evening's lesson is going to recount the events that took place in Pripyat, Ukraine in 1986. The Chernobyl nuclear power plant was one of many in the USSR at the time. However, this plant would go down in history as the worst nuclear disaster to date. But before we get into tragedy and destruction, we should mix up something to take the edge off. Our historically themed cocktail for this evening is called a white Ukrainian. It's similar to a white Russian, but add a little spice. Start by adding ice to a glass and your shaker. You'll need one ounce of vodka, one ounce of Kahlua coffee liqueur, one ounce of Malibu rum, one ounce of Bailey's Irish cream, one ounce of Frangelico hazelnut liqueur, and six to ten ounces of milk. You'll also need one ounce of Amaretto almond liqueur. Shake, pour, and enjoy. All right, history nerds, let's get started. Saturday, April 26, 1986 started off like any other day for the plant workers at the local nuclear power plant in Pripyat, Ukraine. The men who were working the night shift at the Chernobyl plant were chatting about their plans for the weekend as they clocked into their shift. There was a scheduled routine test that was to be taking place that night But the men knew it was just part of the job as usual. Now, the issue with nuclear reactors is that they need to be kept cool in order to keep the pressure and heat from causing an explosion. This was done by piping water throughout and around the reactor itself. This in turn required power for the pumps to work and it was always a concern that there could be a loss in power, which would be very dangerous. The test the workers were to perform that night was to try and bridge a gap between a power outage and losing the water pumps and the backup generators engaging and taking over. There was about a minute delay in this which was cause for concern and the USSR was trying to find a method to fix that. They were to run a test on reactor number four but the men were concerned because they weren't really sure how to run the test safely or how to simulate the power going out. But during those times, a command was a command, and you did what you were told. They were hoping to use the residual energy from the steam turbines near the reactor to bridge the gap between the power outage and the generators achieving full power. But as the men began to lower the power to the reactor to simulate the outage, the power actually dropped dangerously low to almost zero at this point. The men were told to continue the test even though there was evidence that the reactor had become unstable. They were told to remove graphite rods that were put in place to prevent the reactor from generating too much heat. The idea was that removing the rods would help boost the power to the reactor, which it did, but the power level skyrocketed. The men hit the emergency shutoff switch and tried to reinsert the rods, but they jammed. Without those rods, the heat in the reactor climbed exponentially. The reactor was now basically a giant pressure cooker and the men knew there was a huge problem on their hands. At 1.23 and 45 seconds AM, the reactor exploded, blowing a thousand ton roof completely off the building. Pieces of graphite and dust filled the air while radiation fell from the sky. Let's take a quick break. Now back to the lesson. The explosion left the men in complete shock. They thought they had been bombed or something, and they didn't realize at first that the explosion was actually the reactor in their plant. Two workers who were close to the reactor were immediately killed by the explosion. They had unfortunately been, for lack of a better word, disintegrated. Other workers went searching for survivors, not knowing the impending danger they were facing from the radiation exposure. Firefighters immediately responded to the blast. The Inferno burned forever hours, and the first responders tried desperately to stop the blaze. They were also unaware of the exposure and danger they were facing from the radiation fallout. Now, the men were still mostly concerned at this point that they were going to lose their jobs. The gravity of the situation was just not apparent at the time. Most of them were most likely in shock. When they started vomiting and feeling terrible, they realized that something way worse than just an explosion had happened. Their bodies had been exposed to 650 more times of the radiation than a plant worker, and 5,000 more times than the average person can handle in a year. The radiation was giving off such a brilliant light that people in the villages around went outside to see it and would also be exposed to extreme amounts of radiation. The workers were taken to the hospital where they tried to figure out just how bad their outlook was, and it turns out pretty bad. The men would die slow, painful deaths over the coming days and weeks. When radiation enters the body, it goes straight to where we make DNA and red blood cells. Slowly, it kills bone marrow and organs, and the patient basically melts from the inside out. 28 workers and first responders died during the first four months, and 19 more died over the next 20 years from radiation exposure. Let's take a quick break. Now back to the lesson. Now, you would think that the Russian government would be warning neighboring towns and countries of the explosion and potential nuclear fallout that could be heading their way, but not the case. An entire day after the explosion, a nuclear power plant in Sweden that was located some 620 miles away had their alarms go off, letting them know that there was a large rise in radiation. When they realized it hadn't come from their plant, but somewhere else, the Swedish government contacted Russia, asking if they had had an incident, and at first, Russia denied it. It wasn't until Sweden threatened to report them that they finally acknowledged a minor nuclear accident. Just wow. Government for the win. The official announcement from the Russian government to the people said, there has been an accident at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant one of the nuclear reactors was damaged. The effects of the accident are being remedied. Assistance has been provided for any affected people. An investigative commission has been set up. Yep, that's it, no big deal, but it was a really big deal. After the explosion, most residents went about their day as usual, and many started to become ill headaches and vomiting as well as metallic taste in their mouth were among some of the symptoms the people of Pripyat were experiencing. It took 36 hours after the explosion for the government to finally decide to order the evacuation of over 100,000 residents in or near the city of Pripyat. They were ordered to pack up important necessary items but leave everything else behind because they thought that they were going to be able to come back. The initial order was just for a three-day evacuation, but as we know, this was not the case. The evacuation was made permanent shortly after. The cleanup began. They had to remove over 100 tons of radioactive debris from the roof of the Chernobyl plant in order to prepare it for the sarcophagus or concrete tomb they would use to encase the nuclear reactor to decrease the leaking of radioactive dust into the atmosphere. It took seven months for workers to finish the construction, while other workers used a sticky gel fluid that would harden to clean the streets and nearby buildings. The gel would encase the radioactive material and it would harden. It would then be able to be peeled up and buried deep in the earth. The workers who spent months being exposed to radiation were given a special cleanup medal. Yeah. The Russian government pushed for this quick cleanup, which needlessly exposed many people to high levels of radiation because they wanted to move people back into the area as soon as possible so people wouldn't be afraid of nuclear power. They even planned on reopening the Chernobyl plant. I mean, come on, are you serious? This obviously was not in the cards. The blast even killed one and a half square miles of surrounding forest as well as many animals. Those animals that survived would not be able to reproduce or would die from thyroid issues related to exposure. Still today, the sarcophagus containing the melted reactor must be maintained. The area within 19 square miles of the plant is known as the exclusion zone. It still has such high radiation levels that the workers can only work five hours once a month. Not a job I would want to apply for, and in 2011, The government actually opened up the exclusion zone to tourists who wanted to learn more about the event. Now, I'll admit it'd be super interesting, but I just don't think I could do it. And while you would think no one would want to live in Pripyat anymore, that isn't the case. 158 people returned to the exclusion zone to live in the radioactive town. They missed their home so much that they were willing to risk their lives to go back. So far, they have survived their days in this ghost town. I hope you learned something from today's lesson. The disaster at Chernobyl nuclear power plant was tragic and unnecessary. The events of that day are the result of a government's need to be the best of the best when it comes to technology and power. And the management at the plant ignored all safety protocols knowing that something terrible could result. History is here to remind us the best way not to repeat old mistakes. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. Where we learn about a squadron of all females during World War II known as the Night Witches. These brave women flew plywood planes and dropped over 23,000 tons of bombs on Nazis during the war. Today's lesson was written and edited by Christiane, and all music for this podcast was created by Corey Miller. You can also find today's lesson sources on our Facebook page at Adult History.